0: And welcome back to the Creative Life from the American Creativity Association's Austin Global Chapter on Think Tech Hawaii. I'm your host, Phyllis Blees. Joining me today is our guest, Cindy Wigglesworth. Cindy is the author of the best selling and award winning book called SQ21 The 21 Skills of Spiritual Intelligence. She is the founder and CEO of a company called Deep Change Incorporated. Her skills are, she has a skills-based approach to spiritual intelligence. And it is faith neutral, faith friendly, and science friendly. Or it should get everyone right where they are today, we're hoping. And Cindy has appeared on Oprah. She's had TEDx conferences and talks. And she has spoken at numerous events and on podcasts and webinars. So I've asked Cindy to join us today to explore the theme of our show, which is entitled Spiritual IQ, The Real Love Language. And with that, we'll be back in just a moment. Okay, welcome, Cindy.
1: Thanks, Phyllis. Great to be here.
0: It's great to have you. You know, your your, your intelligence precedes you. <laughs> in that sense, I want to share with you a story that I've always wanted to tell you. And at the time, I thought I've got to tell Cindy this. And I want to tell the audience, too, for how your work really made a difference in action. And it uh, came to me about a very tense and even scary encounter that my colleague, John Mackey had. He is the co-founder of Whole Foods Market and was recently the co-CEO. And he was working in a small team group environment with me and some colleagues in which he said he used your work on spiritual intelligence to defuse that very tense moment. Mm-hmm. He said he was in New York Uh, and he walked into a an elevator with a reporter Mm -hmm. who at the time was very upset with things going on at Whole Foods and he said he was he felt very confronted and it was a hostile zealous type employer uh reporter situation and they were alone and and Ash, if you'd bring up the, the first visual, it kind of sets the stage for what it must have felt like. This is not John. But if you've ever been in this situation and you're boxed into an elevator, maybe this will bring up a scary moment for you. And John was in that elevator and he said he had just read your book. And when he, he knew what to do, uh, when before he even speak, he said, I used soul cindy wrote about soul and you can bring up our second slide uh, on that Ash, she said soul stands for stop observe understand and love and then john said that's it love is always the answer and we were in a hard spot in the moment in the room talking about another it maybe not as personally scary, but we were talking about a big effort that we were working on together, and there it was in the room. We were talking about love and soul and you, Cindy, and Ash, if you'll bring me back up. This is Cindy's book, and it was sitting on the table uh, in the room with John. So what I want to do is bring you now into the room, Cindy. What do you think of that story and Uh, maybe even starting with you, what brought you and your gifts that to me feel somewhat sacred to the world in your work on spiritual intelligence?
1: Oh, thank you. That is such a beautiful story and thank you for sharing it. John has been very supportive of my work and I'm deeply grateful for that. I created that S-O-U-L shortcut as a tool for me and then shared it with others as a way to sort of interrupt my thought pattern when i'm in the midst of a hijacking an ego hijacking and uh how do i calm down take a deep breath really look at what's happening to me i'm in fear or i'm in anger or i'm in whatever look at the other person more deeply try to think about what's really going on here and just recenter into my higher self and come from love so um that is the end point of my life's journey to try and figure out how to show up as love in the world was that acronym.
0: Well, and, and so you said that was sort of the, the the taking you to where you are today. What got you started? We would all like to know that. Yes. How to model some of those, those learnings for you and AHAs.
1: Yeah. Thank you for the question. I get asked this a lot. And Oftentimes, you can't understand your own life until you look back at it. And I've had enough years now in my 60s to look back and start to connect dots that maybe I couldn't have connected as well earlier. But I'll sort of give you the highlights of my journey that brought me here. We could bring up the next image. Um, When I was about six years old, we moved, my father got transferred to India. And we had been living in a nice, I would say, lower middle class to middle class suburb um you know very comfortable life and as a child i had only ever known the suburbs i had never really seen poverty i had never really seen suffering and we arrived in india to a world that was so different from anything i had ever experienced before and i would say it set me into my first real questioning of god and questioning of how does this world make any sense? How can these little children be abandoned on the street, um, filthy, suffering, disease, starvation, um, extremes that to any American, but an American from a fairly privileged background of a suburban, very tidy neighborhood, was just like so confusing. And at six, you have no way to comprehend this. And I was being raised Roman Catholic and, you know, God is love. And this did not look like love. The world made no sense to me. And it continued to not make sense to me really for my whole childhood. As I started becoming more aware, we traveled a lot living overseas. We came home each year and we'd go back. We had another expatriate assignment, which I'll get to in a second. But I saw a lot of the world, especially in a time when many people were not blessed to travel. And I was blessed to travel, but I was also therefore blessed to be really confused. Um, how does this make sense a lot of people don't like Americans why don't they like us and that sort of anti-American sentiment was really present when we moved to Australia which is the next image and I attended high school in Australia and that was my first day of school lovely uniform huh yes. yes. <laughs> all girls schooling situation there but um, there are many wonderful things about living there, but I, it was during the Vietnam War and it was during a time of a lot of American companies really getting a foothold and a lot of resentment of the United States in Australia. The women's movement was kicking off. The civil rights movement was going on back in the U.S. The white Australia policy was actually a thing in Australia. Um, racism, sexism, all of this was very much in my consciousness. And the book Silent Spring had come out. Environmental awareness was very much in people's consciousness. Australia is home to some very unusual species that exist nowhere else and very precious, you know, to try and preserve our ecosystems it was a hot topic. And so I sort of looked around and thought, you know, humanity is really. God released this draft too soon. Um, We are not ready for prime time. This species is so messed up. And in a way, it's very weird because I know how much privilege I was raised with. But at the same time, I also felt tremendous sadness and angst over the condition of the world, the discriminations I saw and the unfairness of So many situations, whether it was the indigenous Australians or the indigenous Americans, so many things not embodying love. And so I would say this dichotomy of my religious training, which was teaching me the greatest commandment is love God and love your neighbor as you love yourself versus the reality of the world was a harsh, harsh contrast, inequality, nothing lining up. And I really wasn't sure how to help that get better or what to do with my depression. So I would say what I ended up doing with my depression initially was avoiding it. I immersed myself in my academics. I was very good at academics. Went on to college at Duke University, got a bachelor's and a master's, threw myself into my career. As a lot of people do, you're trying to get started, you're trying to get a salary going establish your life. And I ended up through a series of interesting coincidences going to work in the oil industry, which was the industry I had been raised in. And so here I'm holding this environmental awareness and many people go, how could you go to work in the oil industry? Um, I have a complex understanding of energy policy and the evolution of energy policy across the years of human evolution. I see oil as a transitional energy system, but one that there really wasn't a substitute for at the time. But I am all in on electrical vehicles and you know, let's, let's get to sustainable energy ASAP. But I, I had a good experience, which may shock people, working for uh, the company I worked for in the oil industry. And I got placed in human resources, had responsibility for helping to develop executives. I myself had the blessing of going through a lot of leadership development training myself. And um, I found out a lot of things through that process. First of all, I found out that I had overdeveloped my IQ and underdeveloped my emotional intelligence. So I really needed to work on interpersonal skills. And as I started working on my own spiritual growth, I changed churches and I started doing a whole lot of personal growth workshops. I found my spiritual growth was working in tandem with the therapy I was getting and the leadership development training, and I was changing and becoming a better leader. I was getting promoted faster, you too. You two. No, I just I, I just wanted to, I just
0: wanted to if, you, if I'm not interrupting you too much, uh, but I do want to know if that next slide was relevant to putting people in the mindset of the oil industry, or do you want to sure. wait? No,
1: well, you can put the, the next good, slide up. The oil yeah, industry, yeah, the line. good, the
0: true, and the beautiful, because yeah. uh, just to take people from India to to an oil rig, although that looks okay. like a halcyon view of the oil industry, and I don't know if you were going to come around to how your work brought it to looking so peaceful. Um, but mm-hmm. but I also want to pull back then from the oil industry. Maybe you'll refer to this again and just slow down for one minute because you've just introduced three intelligences and i know most people grew up if they grew up with this idea of what's your iq and that's mm-hmm. intellectual intelligence and then you said your most you had to kind of you were out of balance with your emotional iq and then and then you wondered about so you've just gone through three iqs and i want to make sure that we slow that down and 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 introduce people to maybe gave the idea that david gardner came up with there's like seven intelligences and the numbers yeah. it reminds me of hindu gods and goddesses like yeah. maybe 20 come into the world every day and and i don't want to trivialize it uh but what i what i appreciate so much is you were brought into a corporate america company maybe in houston mm-hmm. and you it w- you would have come out of college being very aware of how you were being evaluated by iq about how smart you were and there you and all of a sudden i get the idea from what you said that you needed more to do the job the maybe the holistic job that you wanted to bring to this work in the oil industry and so take a minute if you don't mind talk about what is emotional iq I, mean, right. I don't want to slow down the whole your whole talk today. And then, spiritual IQ is very new, a new kid on the block. So, yeah, just- so Howard,
1: oh. yeah, Howard Gardner is the fellow who wrote the book Multiple Intelligences. Daniel Goleman is best known for writing his book Emotional Intelligence. I was exposed to the Goleman Boyatzis work in the late 1990s. And um, it put words and science around what I had experienced. Essentially, EQ is your interpersonal skills and your emotional self-awareness and emotional self-management. If you don't have emotional self-awareness and emotional self-management, you can't control your anger, you don't understand your anger, you act out on your anger, your interpersonal skills will be poor. So So
0: so let me me stop you there. So like with CEOs, I've heard it said, they can have an IQ off the chart, but their EQ their emotional might be down between maybe a
1: two-year-old. Well, it could, it could be lower. I don't know well, that i put it on a year old, yeah.
0: But not even, not even CEOs. I think we all go through spirals. Like there's some days I'm at my best and some days I feel like a, like, like a two-year-old myself. And so who's in charge in that moment with right. the power of the pen and the power of the purse? So keep, right. keep going.
1: So emotional intelligence yields good interpersonal skills and um, spiritual intelligence was not yet formulated. People really weren't writing about it as an uh, in the same kind of way of skills based, researchable. Long story short, um, I spent a lot of time trying to figure out what is spiritual intelligence. I ended up leaving the company, not because I didn't like the company, but because I felt called to do this work. Mm. and. I felt that SQ was the missing intelligence for leadership and the missing intelligence of the four key intelligences we all need to have a successful life. And um, you can take that slide down for a moment. I'm, I'm going to explain you have physical intelligence, which is body awareness and using your body and caring for your body. So taking care of your health matters because when your body is out of whack, you can't think straight. You can't control your emotional state. And you certainly can't behave from spiritual intelligence. Then you have IQ, which we emphasize in school. Emotional intelligence is your interpersonal skills. And then spiritual intelligence, when I first thought about defining it, I was looking for a way to define love. Because remember, the greatest commandment really stuck in my head as a child, love God, love your neighbor as yourself. But church was not defining ways to do that. People are hard. People are difficult. How do you love difficult people? I wasn't learning that. So if we could have the bird image up, when I started trying to define love as a as a what's a definition that is easy? Definitions of love were lengthy and difficult, and using Greek or Latin words, and that was not gonna work for me. So I found this parable from the Eastern tradition that love is a bird with two wings. One wing is wisdom. The other wing is compassion. If either wing is broken, the bird cannot fly. Oh. And it gave me goosebumps, you know, truth bumps. That's like, ah, oh, that's the thing I've been looking for. Yeah. Um, wisdom, the best of the head center, compassion, the best of the heart center, brought into action through the body. That is spiritual intelligence. So from that comes the next slide, which is my official definition of spiritual intelligence the ability to behave with wisdom and compassion while maintaining inner and outer peace, regardless of the situation. And that last part is the saintly part. If you think about the spiritual leaders you most admire, the Dalai Lama, all those kinds of people, Jesus, uh, Mother Teresa, Nelson Mandela, Gandhi, you know, those kinds of people, they keep their higher self, their loving presence in front of and in charge, no matter what's going on. And that is my goal. That's what I wrote down as, that's how I want to show up in life. So that was the beginning of this process. So would well, you like to
0: Well, I do. That? I want to point out mm-hmm. that John Mackey at the time
1: mm-hmm. was
0: the co-founder and co-CEO of a Fortune 500 company. Mm-hmm. And he drew upon that SQ. Mm-hmm. to defuse a hostile, emotional, and possibly physically dangerous situation. And, yes. and so you you did it. You got it all the way. And then John was your advocate. He, he was sort of, he'd drunk the Kool-Aid, and he was trying to teach it to the rest of us in the room. And there were three or four CEOs in the room mm-hmm. that was waving your book and saying, this is, the, he said, love is always the answer. In the in the moment, right. So you did it, and you are doing it today. And it's such an honor to have you uh, taking us deeper into your life and thinking, and into this work. So, so wow. I to frame Thank that for you. You.
1: you. Thank you so much. Well, let me give you the very highest level understanding of how to do this. You know, okay, great. I want to show up as love, and we're going to come back to soul. We'll mention it one more time. But in between that, like, how do you get there? And one of the first steps is understanding that you have two parts of yourself. You have an ego self, which initially is quite immature. And if we could bring up the image of the two people that say immature ego self, there we go. So okay. we, have, we have this gentleman who is very self-obsessed, combing the one hair that's left on his head, okay. uh, which is kind of a humorous way to say, oh, we're so self-absorbed. And then this woman who's pointing out, like she's blaming somebody, this is also symptomatic of an immature ego that won't take responsibility, but places it on others. Um, So this is the immature ego. The ego can grow up and it is a nuanced conversation to have, but I'll just say there are synonyms for the ego that many people use. I love synonyms. You can call it your personality self or your embodied self or your human self. It doesn't matter but the other part of ourselves is our higher self. So if we could call up the image that says higher self here, we have two beautiful people. Look at those faces. Mm -hmm. This old, this older woman, you may not be able to see, but she has no teeth hardly left, but she's smiling. And it's like, I'm going to smile and laugh. Even though I have no teeth, I don't care. I'm the opposite of the self-obsessed person. I'm present to my life and I'm, feeling my joy. Um, And I just love that image. And then the man, and she's
0: smiling with her
1: eyes and her eyes are smiling. Yeah. And uh, the man on the right looks, and this could be me projecting, right? We always project on these photographs, but to me, what I see in this photograph is someone who has been through a lot. He's got the lines of a life that has probably seen suffering and sadness. And yet still there is the crinkle at the corner of the eyes. And that sort of wise gentle smile that he's got going on and to me this is the human best self our higher self and sometimes people prefer words like soul or spirit or atman or buddha nature christ consciousness those kind of words can be synonyms and we're we're fabulous with synonyms you may call it your authentic self your non-dual self this is where we try to be religion friendly religion neutral and science friendly so pick a term that works for you we'll just generically say higher self. So to me, the question is, can I operate from my higher self? Can I operate from love most of the time?
0: Well, just, to, just a day in the life of Phyllis Bleese getting to work with your material. One hour ago, I was writing in a book I'm writing on the matrix of peace. Mm-hmm. I just quoted you and soul. And mm-hmm. I did it in the section to say before we ask before we have any doing of uh creating quote, peace in the world and forcing it on people, we have to examine our being. And mm-hmm. I said, and and so whatever we do, cause no harm. Mm-hmm. And how to be that person means we step into our higher self. And then I have a footnote right there on your work. And that was wow. one hour ago. Your work is so fresh. It's it's not only relevant, I feel like your work and your wisdom is emerging. You mm-hmm. have an emergent, and I and I, and I know we we might we might cover this, we might not. We've got about five minutes left in the show. I want to make sure that people know that you do spiritual intelligence and maybe other intelligence assessments for the workplace. Uh, you help people get a handle on where they are. You've got quite a few tools i'm referring to them but i want to we, we can come back to that i want to make people uh, aware that you have a robust website at deepchange uh, dot .com i guess and yeah. you have and you have a lot of free resources for people to kick off their exploration of this area of life cuz really anything any of us do whether at home or with our children or with our colleagues or even to our own bodies, we want to be coming from our best higher self. Yes. And you have many insights, like your many synonym things that can help us really grok what we, when we're talking about something that's beyond language, which is probably why you have so many synonyms for higher self, whether yeah. it's God or Source. Th- there's probably not even a word, but you give us the word. So just want to. So, take you back into helping us get to where you want to take us today. And I just want to let people
1: know that. Thank you. So we probably can't do anything other than just show these two slides, which I will show you just so that, you know, they're out there. The 21 skills. I have been a very analytical minded person thinking like engineers have trained me to think, how do you train somebody in these things? And there are 21 skills. You can't read this slide, I'm sure, because of the font size, but just know they're out there. And let's look at the next slide.
0: Well, and also, Cindy, they will be embedded in the uh, video copy of this, of this show today. And mm-hmm. wherever the show lives on the umpteen six or seven places that ThinkTech has it, then they'll be able to stop and freeze the video and, re- and take their time with that. So it's, it's permanently part of this talk.
1: Perfect. And it's also, of course, all detailed on deepchange.com and skill five, just to show you every skill is described from level one, which is beginner to level five, which is the expert level. Each one of these you can read and understand. They're outlined in detail in the book. And there are steps that you can take. If you take the assessment, it's a self-assessment. You're in conversation with yourself and you may say, I think I'm here based on your answers to the questions, and the report will help you decide what you might want to work on next to get stronger. If we have time, I can walk through these five levels. No, okay. No, so we, we
0: have this. about okay. a minute and a half. Okay. <laughs> so one, if you could just show us the next slide, or is there another
1: one? There's, there's one more slide. Yeah, let's just show, show folks. The, if I were to drill it down to what's the most basic thing, is between the events in your life and your responses to the events, which could be thoughts, words, actions, in the middle between the event and the response, learn to insert a pause. And that's the stop in the S-O-U-L process. Put in a pause in the pause between your thing that's happening in the elevator and the thing that you respond that gives you the moment to shift and say, I want to have a loving response instead of an ego-based, fear-based response. In the pause, you will find your power.
0: Oh, wow. You know, you've taken Victor Frankl's work in Man's Search for Meaning and Logotherapy that says you get to make meaning in that space mm-hmm. between what happens to you and what you do how how you process it and even though it's all intrinsic uh you know change in mean a change in meaning can be a change in being and right and go from fear to love all within your own mind no one can take that away from you absolutely so, and now you have tools to take victor frankl's work right into the world in a way that's very tangible so thank you so much
1: you're welcome thank yeah. you yes.
0: And we have to leave it there for today. And you, dear audience, you have been watching The Creative Life on Think Tech Hawaii. And thank you. Uh, This is where where we are hosting you from on the ACA side. And today I have been discussing Spiritual IQ, The Real Love Language, with author and spiritual intelligence coach, Cindy Wigglesworth. Mahalo, Cindy, and thank you for joining us. Mahalo to our viewers for watching. If any of you want to get our email advisories to see a complete listing of our shows, you can sign up for them at thinktechhawaii.com. I'm Phyllis Bleese and we will be back in two weeks for another edition of The Creative Life. Aloha, everyone.